Hey y'all, this is your parasocial best friend, Paul, the host of Big Facts No Cap, coming back at you with Adrian. You're listening to the only podcast that's number one with local noshes and European poshes. Let's get into it. Big Facts. No. Cap. Big Facts. No. Cap. No cap. Big Facts. No. Cap. Big Facts. No. Cap. No cap. No cap. Do you believe me if I told you that's actually my biggest fear is that the people around me are just Jeff Dunham puppets? And it's a rational one because you do hang out with a lot of ethnic stereotypes. Yeah, they are pro- that ter- dead terrorist is problematic, but he's my best friend. <laughs> Old Ahmed. Your best friend is a stereotypical terrorist. Who's dead. <laughs> so what's been going on this week, Adrian? Back to school, baby. Went to Walmart, saw the sign, got really sad, and uh, now all the kids are back. I just went on a ridiculous Trader Joe's trip with, I don't know why I thought Sunday afternoon, first week back with all the kids in, in, at Davis. A horrible, horrible time. Yeah, I imagine the, uh, like all the frozen food section was absolutely demolished. There's actually, they were looking all right, um, but just so many people, and then I had a cart, and I probably should have gotten a cart, and it just like, people... Being completely unaware of their surroundings is always like a really annoying thing, but is that yeah, like one of those Gen Z things where it's like for us we would have gone to the frozen food section or like freshman year of college if we had to pit mm-hmm. do shopping, but they're now they're like getting the organic tomatoes or whatever. These kids, I'll tell you what. I was eating frozen pizza and Kool-Aid and now they're eating cherry tomatoes. Now they're going straight for the washing machine pods because that's what they eat. <laughs> I did pick up a little I did pick up a little cheeky uh, butternut squash mac and cheese. I'm pretty excited about that. Ooh. I uh, recently had the uh, Banza brand chickpea mac and cheese, and it was delightful. It was very good. I'd recommend it. They do these really tiny shells. Each shell kind of looks like it was made out of one chickpea. I know that's not how it works, but that's how I'd like to imagine. <laughs> that makes sense. Was that like a, it gets more protein in the meal, or what's the what's the idea behind making chickpea mac and cheese? Yeah, I think it's just more protein instead of straight up carbs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is good for you, right? Like, that would be a good substitute for you as a diabetic, because carbs are bad for diabetics. Like, you're catching along. You're, you're getting up there. Because carbs are converted to sugars in the body. Technically, I think proteins are too, and fats are, just at a much lower rate. So what doesn't kill you? What makes me stronger? Like, at any point, do you just say, God didn't want me around? All the time. I just stare at the sky when it's, like, <laughs> raining in a thunderstorm, and I'm like, Why? <laughs> Yeah, the thing about hanging out outside while it's raining is that, you know, nobody can tell the tears from the rain. Yeah, it's a lot like that. I'm like, Sky Daddy's crying. I must cry too. No cap. I don't know why this is like the best way to put it, but do you warn people when you like recommend them shows with British people in it that the person is British? No. I do that when I, when I uh, recommend The Wire to anybody. I'm always like, oh, yeah, and the main guy is British, which is always surprising to find out. Oh, oh, you mean like a Hugh Laurie as house thing? Yeah, Not that yeah. they're like, I thought you were thinking like if it's a British TV show, I'm like, I'm sure halfway into episode one of Peep Show, they'll get it. I don't need to warn them. Okay, I <laughs> no, get no, it. No, now. I mean, that, like, like, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like the first time you hear, uh, what's his name? Dominic something. Like the first time you hear him in an interview and it's like, I, I really thought he's from Baltimore. And now he's talking like a little prince. I know the emotion you're talking about when you figure out somebody who does an American accent on a show you like is British. Mm-hmm. 
It kind of feels like a blow to you as a person for not recognizing that they were a false American. Maybe that's it. Yeah. It'd be like being a sheep and finding out your best friend was a wolf in sheep's clothing. You'd be like, <laughs> come on. One-to-one comparison. <laughs> um, yeah, I think that's like Hugh Laurie's the famous one, right? Where it's like, in the audition room, the guy was like, why do we have all these British people coming here to play Americans? Give me a goddamn red-blooded American. And then Hugh Laurie just started off with the American accent, and he was like, this kind of guy, that's the kind of guy that we want. I didn't know that that was a thing. Also very funny of him to not look at any of his previous work and be like, oh, a bit of Fry and Laurie, BBC, oh yeah, red-blooded American, I don't need- <laughs> Do they not look at resumes in acting? Nah. I don't know how this- I don't know how auditions work. <laughs> Paul- you're not secretly British, are you? Oi! <laughs> oh no! <laughs> and you're a puppet? <laughs> you're just on a puppet too? Oi, me! It's a bloody, it's a bloody wrong guy, ain't it? I feel like you know more about, like, I feel like you've consumed a lot of British content. You should be better at this. Man, you know I'm bad at accents. Come on. Yeah, I guess so. Hey, Holmes, I'm from Chestershire. <laughs> So we have our first, uh, is this our first fan-submitted theme? Yes. All right, so we're going to pick a, a winning uh, suggestion out of a hat, uh, and we're going to do our episode based on that. All righty. Crinkle, shuffle, crinkle, shuffle. crinkle. Crinkle, crinkle. Pick it out of the hat. What do we got, Paul? Local noshes. Local noshes. Is that the uh, writing that's on there? Uh, no, I just came up with that really quickly. It was something stupid, like regional foods. Oh, okay. I like local notches better. Mm-hmm. And do we have a name on that submission? Uh, Young Isabel. Young Isabel, a rapper. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah, very Young Isabel. Anything to say off top? It's hard to know what counts. Like, when I saw biscuits and gravy, I was like, okay, yeah, that makes sense. But I wouldn't, that's not what would immediately come to mind when I think about this. I guess it's the difference between the word local versus regional. Local, I would mm-hmm. think of as like maybe a Philly cheesesteak. Like it's very much contained in that city. Mm-hmm. Regional is like biscuits and gravy. Yeah. Everybody in the South generally knows what it is. Although I have encountered, apparently people, some people just like they don't know about white gravy or like if you're not from the South, uh, you just yeah, don't you know. Me about that before, yeah. yeah. That white gravy is a thing. Mm-hmm. Hey, well, Hilly, it's a thing, brother. It's delicious. Mm-hmm. Put that on a chicken fried steak. It's another regional classic. Mm. Another regional food I had recently, Texas smoked brisket. Incredible. Mm-hmm. Lived up to mm-hmm. the hype. I avoid a lot of the Midwestern ones that are just like uh, macaroni noodles and like beef and Are you talking about Skyline Chili? Uh, there is a lot of them. Then there's like different variations of it, which is just like different combinations of tomato sauce, beef, and noodles. I feel like 15 different places try to claim the... Uh, it was in a regional. It was in a recent episode of Atlanta, but it, they called it zoo pie and that. But a lot of places try to claim the Frito mm-hmm. pie, mm-hmm. and I think I looked it up after that episode, and it actually originates in Mexico. Yeah, it was called a walking taco. A walking taco. I like that. Cincinnati chili or skyline chili. Like I don't know. I've never had it. Doesn't really like. It doesn't feel like something I need to have. It doesn't seem like something I need. You can get it two ways, three ways, four ways, or whatever. Where like that, you're like adding cheese, you're adding onions, you're adding whatever to it. And it's like I, none of those additions seem like it's making it better. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, it doesn't sound bad. I just don't. It just sounds like a random ass mixture. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, call me when you when I'm close enough to get a good garbage plate. You know what I mean? Ooh, the chopped cheese, the favorite among people who aren't authentically New York, but saw a Vox video one time and then moved to New York and are like, I love my chopped cheese. Hey, 
Going down to the bodega. Going down to the bodega. Get my chopped cheese. Mm-hmm. Ooh, how Hawaii has like uh, a lot of like very unique ones because it's like Pacific, yeah, Asian and American inspired foods all kind of colliding. Mm-hmm. Like the the spam uh, nigiri thing or whatever. Yeah, that. Masubi, I think is what it's called. Yeah. You know they uh, put their pineapple on pizza over there? Get out of here. I know. You know what? I wish we could annex Hawaii twice. <laughs> Let's recolonize it and make the white people indigenous this time. <laughs> because they <laughs> fucked it up the first time. They don't get to be white. Let's send new white people over there. <laughs> Uh, yeah, other stuff. I don't know, like, from the South. We from South Carolina. Mm. There are plenty of, uh, regional favorites there. Uh, horribly, uh, criminally, I would say, from the Wikipedia page in the list of barbecue styles, South Carolina style is not on there, which is ridiculous. I mean, you know you can change that. Uh, what? You're allowed to edit it? Oh, Louisiana has a bunch, but I've never been, so, uh, you know, I don't know about the po' boy. I got one from Popeye's once. They got the mufaleta. They got the etouffee. They got gumbo. A lot of port cities have a, a seafood one, right? Like the po' mm-hmm. boy for Louisiana. Isn't there certain cities that you're supposed to get a clam chowder from in the... Yeah, like Maine or whatever. You get like a yeah. lobster roll. Then also uh, New Jersey has a bunch. Like they have got their pork roll, Taylor ham thing going on. And then... Here's one that I didn't know about until recently. Uh, inspired by the uh, German immigrants to Texas, the uh, kolache. What is that? It was really delicious when I got one while... It's like a well, sausage roll? There. Yeah, it's like a sausage roll. Mm. It's like a sweet, nice-tasting doughy bread around a sausage. Cheese, jalapeno, sort of. It was incredible. Apparently, one one of the things that I kind of learned for the first time from perusing that Wikipedia article is uh, Seattle has their own type of teriyaki. That's like something that they do. How's it different? I don't know. They just have Seattle teriyaki. <laughs> <laughs> They're doing it different over there. I guess Antifa's making different types of teriyaki over there. <laughs> what do y'all have out California way? Oh, uh, we got the Mission Style Burrito. Of course. Mm. Um, that's it from San Fran. Avocados. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I was, uh, I think I've made fun of St. Louis on this podcast where their whole thing is toasted ravioli. Mm. I didn't really particularly like St. Louis, so I kind of made fun of that as well as the city in general. But then I realized when I was thinking about it, I was like, if I was to tell someone about Sacramento food, like, there's not even like really like a real singular thing like that to point to. It's kind of just, they try to claim to be like the farm to fork capital. So it's a lot of like that, but there's no like one item you can really point to. I think tomatoes are supposed to be big in Sacramento or something, but. Tomatoes are a fruit, vegetable. You get a real benefit from getting one grown uh, by a gardener. Rather than buying uh, like uh, one from the uh, supermarket, I'm kind of anti tomato, so I'm missing oh, out on really. This. What the hell, man? That's yeah. one of the top tier vegetables. No, I know it's fan. technically a fruit, but like culinarily speaking, like you know, yeah, yeah, oh, top tier. Uh, I I think I, it's like just pouring a quarter cup of water on whatever you're putting it on. Yeah, I, I feel like you're wrong, but it's okay. We can agree to disagree on this. Well, actually, no, we should probably hash this out. Really get to the bottom of this. <laughs> Nothing to get to the bottom to, my man. They're just not good. Uh, I don't like biting into a cherry tomato. Too much squirt. <laughs> All right. Never mind. Let's not get to the bottom of this. <laughs> yeah, that's one of those things where people always make the argument where it's like, well, you've just never had the good tomato. Like, you've never had the vine ripened, like, you know, 
fresh air wait 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 i thought we're not getting to the bottom of this and now you're going on a little rant about the types of people recommending tomatoes to you which by the way does does not resonate with me i'm not running into tomato monologuers oh really I, i meet a lot of tomato defenders and they always make that point of like, you've never had a good tomato or whatever. And I was like, why does that matter? We're at the line in Taco Bell and I'm saying I don't want <laughs> fucking tomatoes in my Crunchwrap Supreme. Why Why is your argument what about that? You've never had a good tomato. What is you've invented about the Taco no, this Bell is real people. tomato? These are real people. <laughs> okay. Okay. Or Jeff Dunham puppets, but they're still saying the stuff. <laughs> is Jeff Dunham not canceled yet? It feels like he should be based on everything he's ever done, ever. No, he just always blames it on his puppets. <laughs> uh yeah any more travel stories like so you know like that's the uh, st louis went there and they're like you gotta get a toasted ravioli which if you don't know what that is it's just a deep fried ravioli they're pretty good you can't really fuck it up where else have i visited I, I got a deep dish in chicago uh every city has their own pizza i will say chicago oh, and new yeah. york very clearly the most recognizable style of pizza but i guess detroit has like detroit Detroit's style they put the sauce on top yeah like in no that's chicago no, 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 that's also Detroit. Uh, rather famously, when I was, I think in middle school, it must have been, and I went to New York for the first time for my brother's graduation, he like took us to like a really famous pizza spot uh, in Little Italy, and my comment was that I liked uh, meat lover stuffed crust pizza from Pizza Hut better. <laughs> that's an awesome thing to say. <laughs> I mean, objectively, it's a tastier dish. Feed it. Oh, chicken and waffles. Ooh, chicken and waffles. Also- Nashville hot chicken. All the other stuff. Who owns chicken and waffles? That's that's regional to- That's a big region. African-American communities all across the country? I don't know, like, what the region is for chicken and waffles. It is also apparently a thing for uh, Pennsylvania, because, like, the Amish people do that as one of their dishes. Oh, interesting. I didn't know there were Amish dishes. Yeah. You thought they were just not eating anything? I thought they were keeping it- standard to the 1800s i didn't know they were <laughs> innovating um no that's not saying i think it's like a traditional dish for in their community nashville hot chicken goddamn classic yeah yeah i it's it's gotten really popular now and there's a bunch in sacramento it's kind of funny uh it's kind of one of like the inside jokes about just like there's another hot fried chicken place <laughs> like um the thing that people don't get like it's gotten popular enough where people will say something is like nashville hot and it's like the whole point of the nashville hot is that it's like dipped in hot oil that has like a bunch of cayenne pepper in it. So you can't just like make something kind of spicy and call it Nashville hot. It's one of my least favorite things that restaurants will sometimes do. How do you order now? Are you really obnoxious while talking to the waitress? You're like, so is this an actual Nashville hot chicken sandwich or do you guys just call it that? And she's just in the intercom just like, sir, this is a Burger King. Please just <laughs> please just let us do our job. <laughs> oh, you know what was weird is uh, one that was listed was Eggs Benedict as a regional. Uh, to what region? Food. Is that Northeast? It was invented at a hotel in New York City, yeah. Gotcha. I guess that kind of makes sense, like Clams Casino type thing, like a really upscale New York sort of food. One that I saw was a Waldorf salad, which I've heard before, but I did not know the actual ingredients for it. It is disgusting looking. Oh, one I mentioned to you, the uh, cannibal sandwich, something they eat in the uh, like Wisconsin region, which is too... And what was this one again? It was upsetting. It's raw hamburger meat between white bread. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Still upsetting. Um, and we're we're keeping it to America just because, like, obviously, if you got into the world, this would be like an endless conversation. It's too many regions. That's too many regions. We gotta draw the line somewhere. And we're drawing them at the border of the United States. We just happened to do that. If we did it randomly, it just happened to be where the darts landed. Uh, there are some weird things in the South, as you can imagine, like people putting peanuts in their Coke. Mm. 
or like Pepsi and milk is apparently a thing in certain places. But that's like not even a regional thing. That's like temporally a thing. Like that's something they did back in the day. No, I think people still do it. It's not where can I find this food. It's when can I find this food. You know what I'm saying? Like it was more popular in the past. Sure. I'm sure a lot of these like, you know. That's that whole aesthetic of, like, 50s, 60s, 70s, like, weird salads that Americans would make. Because, uh, yeah. you know, with weird mayonnaise and shit. I don't know. When people first got Jello in packets that was super easy to make, they went fucking buck wild with Jello dishes. <laughs> yeah, we were going crazy with Jello for a while. I'm glad we're, I'm glad we're in a non-Jello era. <laughs> I honestly am. I would not want to eat that much Jello. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I associate it with, like, hospital stays now. I don't even know when, like, the last time I ate Jello besides a Jello shot was. Do you know anybody? Do you do you know about anybody from somewhere where they're like really big on like I knew a couple people from New Jersey and undergrad who were really big on their Taylor ham versus pork roll like spiel or whatever. Oh, you know I don't know if I ever encountered that. Um, no, no, no one from like out of state that you uh hang out with or anything like that. I'm trying to think, uh, I learned what a Buckeye was from somebody in Ohio, which is like it's yeah, Ben Spence family used to make those. Yeah, yeah. What what were they again? I kind of forgot. It's peanut butter and chocolate, right? Yeah, something like that. It's like a dessert yeah. snack you make. Mm-hmm. Buford stew. That's a very regional eat. You can get it in Buford. Do you get into arguments about barbecue at all? No, I, I don't get into those arguments. Plus, I actually really, really like the barbecue I had in uh, Lockhart, Texas. Really? Yeah. I, uh, I've had someone preemptively stop me when they mentioned that they had a friend who also went to USC and then she was from Texas, and I was like, she was like, before you say anything, I'm not going to talk about barbecue with you. <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> I can't say that South Carolina barbecue is inherently better. I'm not going to lie. I think it's the best. I think it is. Pulled pork and mustard-based barbecue sauce, that's all you need, baby. I feel like how my mom felt when I told her that Indian food is my favorite food and not Guatemalan food. Like, my heart just broke a little bit when you just conceded <laughs> to the Texans. <laughs> Damn, I'm sorry, bro. We got to be repping in these streets. I would still, like, if I had to give up one for life, I'm giving up Texas barbecue. Okay, there you go. All right, you want to get into the columns? Yeah, let's do it, let's do it. What you got for us, Paul? Slates, Karen Feeding. Dear Karen Feeding, my 16-year-old daughter Claire is gradually turning into a snob. While we used to be able to bond over mutual appreciation of music, food, art, travel, and other areas of culture, lately any discussion around those topics seems to end with her treating me as stupid and unsophisticated. For example, like many people, I was excited when Adele released her new album, but Claire belittles me for being basic and having mainstream taste. God forbid I ever mention that I enjoy songs from Taylor Swift's recent re-release. Claire herself used to love a lot of popular music, but now she views any musician who's been able to generate a real following and pay the bills as an artistic traitor. She's become similarly pretentious about food. Now everything that isn't Michelin-starred is inauthentic, low-quality, and unhealthy. She refuses to dine at a number of wonderful little mom-and-pop restaurants that she used to adore. Now she says they aren't innovative enough, and she will not eat anything I cook. She has been trying to push me to shop at grocery stores that I cannot afford and buy products that are exorbitantly priced. I refuse to give in. She can either eat what we get or get a job and pay for her own food. Also, the way she talks about our past trip saddens me. Prior to the pandemic, I tried to take the family to an annual vacation to a different destination every year. We went to New York City, Hawaii, National Parks, Canada, and various cities in Europe, which the old Claire enjoyed. But 16-year-old Claire claims that her biggest source of embarrassment in her life is the fact that she's been to tourist traps like the Statue of Liberty and Buckingham Palace. 
Never mind that my husband and I saved up for those trips and that many kids never have the privilege to travel. I know it's common for teens to go through phases, but I really hate this one, especially since so much of what she says and does seems to be pointedly against me. Is it possible to get her back on track? She was brought up to respect other people's preferences and tastes and be kind. And if I can't fix this, then what can I do to maintain my sanity when Claire's snobbery rears its head? That's a doozy. So food was only a small portion of it, but I guess I kind of tied it back to regional eats because she was like, she has a worldly profile now mm-hmm. and won't eat at small mom and pop stores. So this is in quotes. So I think this we can say for sure that this is what she said. But the fact that if it isn't Michelin starred, it isn't, it's inauthentic to me is a weird one. Like, I feel like there's no real correlation between expense and authenticity for most. Yeah. Foods. That's the first one where I was like, well, she seems outright wrong about that. Yeah, but she's 16. I mean, this is like one of those things where it's like you can't really argue against the logic because obviously the logic is wrong. She's a child. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Well, not a child child, but you know what I mean. Like young enough that it's not like it's coming from a place of insecurity. She's not actually yeah, as yeah. worldly as she's trying to behave. Yeah, I mean, I think that's the obvious thing is that it's probably a phase. So I guess what she's asking for is how to cope with it. I mean, I know what my parents would do, which is I think kind of what she mentioned. She'd be like, my mom would be like, well, if what I'm making ain't good enough for you, then you can just do whatever you want. <laughs> you can go figure out what you're going to do for dinner yourself. It seems like this person is sad that they're losing their friend. They really want to bond with her over media and food. Mm-hmm. It is like a little bit of a stab in the heart to have her say that she regrets her family vacations. That one sucks. Yeah, that's like a legitimate like teenagers suck kind of thing. She'll probably look back at that and apologize and feel embarrassed. If not, you you just got a stinky kid. Like, I don't know. <laughs> you got a bad one. <laughs> you got a bad one. You got a dud. Uh, quick shout out to Podcast to Burn. Uh, I, I can't imagine if my kid wasn't a Swifty. Yeah, this feels like one of those things where, like, this is interesting because in the era that we live in, I feel like liking this stuff isn't, this high-class, low-class distinction isn't as delineated as it used to be. So it's always interesting Mm -hmm. to me when somebody is, like, too good for something like Taylor Swift. Like, I thought everybody, like, I thought that was no longer considered, like, a class signifier. I thought, like, we basically kind of removed that barrier between pop music and heightened enlightened music i like the idea that it's the pandemic people are saying like support mom and pop restaurants and this kid's like uh i'm gonna order from nobu that's where i'm gonna get my takeout during these trying times i'm gonna donate to them where does she live is that even accessible like where, why well we know that they've been to vacation to new york hawaii national parks canada and various cities in europe so we know where they don't live <laughs> <laughs> we could kind of reverse engineer from there God, what a little stinker, too. One of my biggest regrets in life is that I've been to a tourist trap. I mean, hopefully this kid learns fast how annoying and insufferable they are. Yeah. It's good that they want to get healthy. I I do appreciate, like, local favorites and stuff, but the idea, like, you really shouldn't be eating a lot of that deep-fried bullshit more than, like, once in a while. That's, like, special food, not everyday food. Special food. That's how you reward yourself. That's how you reward yourself. (laughs) Uh, yeah. Well, how would you feel, Adrian, if you were raising a child, which I know isn't one of your goals, but like they were Mm -hmm. always your friend, you always thought they were kind of a cool kid, and then they just got to an age and they just started to annoy you? Yeah, I mean, there's a lot to unpack here. There's a lot of specifics in like the way that she's being annoying. Also, the like the fact that it seems to be a directly pointed like attack at the mother, like you're low class. Yeah. You're, (laughs) what is it? You're tacky and I hate you. (laughs) 
I think I would do what my mom would do, which is like, like she says, like, you know, if you want to have better food than what I'm making, you can go get a job and start buying your own food. Like, I don't know. I don't think I'd have much patience for it. Mm. And then, you know, uh, I'm a strict disciplinarian. I don't believe that you should be your kid's friend. So we were, we already wouldn't be in that place. <laughs> oh, okay. That makes sense. Yeah. Your kid's calling mm-hmm. you. Yes, sir. Yeah. Yeah. What about you? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's like bound to happen. You're not always going to like your kid, but I, I, I can see why it would be demoralizing. Yeah, I don't know. And it's also kind of one of those things where I've always found it kind of sweet when I like hung out with a friend and I saw that their parents were like tried to take a liking and like the music that they liked or something like the one that pops into my head is um Mark uh, growing up was really into Linkin Park. And so his dad just kind of decided, I don't know if he actually liked the music. But he was like, all right, I'm just gonna become a really big fan, too. You know, and are we being ungenerous because we disagree with this girl? Are we being ungenerous to her in that like, this is a special interest she's taking on maybe like, even though we don't agree that going to fancy restaurants is better than going mm-hmm. to a mom and pop store, should the mom be making an attempt to like go with her shopping and find maybe like a, a accessible version of like the Whole Foods shopping she wants to be doing? They're not that bad off. Like she could be buying her like organic ingredients and stuff. And yeah, encouraging I mean, if they're her taking like a yearly and- trip, that seems big. Like it seems like they're doing okay, but like. It seems like they're doing fine. If, like, the daughter wants to eat organic and eat, like, all this, like, pretentious food, she could encourage that to some degree while trying to teach her not to be a snob. Yeah. I think she should become fancier than her daughter. (laughs) She should do it by exactly what she's doing. Yeah, she should become, like, a monocle opera pearl necklace sort of lady. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You have to start finding, like, obscure blogs and reddits to, like, find cool music to listen to. Be like, this is how fancy you want the family to be, so when you pick her up from school, you just show up in a fake fur and costume jewelry, a tiara. Um, Do you think she's becoming the type of pretentious where she likes classical music or she likes really obscure indie music? It sounds more like she's going obscure. Like, it sounds more of like a, they shouldn't, if they're making too much money off their music or whatever. Ah, I got you. Yeah. So, you know, I think Bach was actually I have no idea if those people were rich in their lifetimes. I feel like that's one of those things where some of them got famous after they died or whatever. She refuses to dine at a number of wonderful little mom and pop restaurants that she used to adore. Now she says they aren't innovative enough. Bitch, what is a Doritos Locos Taco if not innovative? Oh, that's true. They even did it with the Cool Ranch later, too. And they did the fiery one, too, right? That's innovation. Ooh, I didn't know about that. They have like a flame and hot version. Yeah, that's what it is. Wendy's ghost pepper fries? Come on. Not innovative enough. A chicken sandwich where the chicken fillets are the buns? Are you kidding me? <laughs> That's KFC, right? That should yeah, crazy. double down. I still remember watching the uh, SNL weekend update from that week that it came out, and he was like, and for an extra $5, the cashier will just come stab you in the heart. <laughs> <laughs> I think that was Seth Meyers. He told that joke. I like how I mentioned like a couple episodes ago that I don't remember 9-11, but I do remember where I was when the double down <laughs> came out. <laughs> um i uh there's two points of this that i think are really strong for me one is you want to nip it in the bud at least to the extent to where she's not mistreating other people like i don't know how her friend relationships are going based on this because it seems like a dramatic personality change i don't know if her she's dogging on her friends or she has a friend who's like not as well off who she's like mean to because of it so I, i would focus on that making sure she's still respecting and treating people kindly or whatever and then aside from disengaging the 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 tour the tour uh the the trip stuff kind of hurts i'm not gonna lie that does feel like that would just hurt my feelings yeah i mean to put that much effort into vacations and for her to be like i'm embarrassed yeah honestly she's a privileged little shit i would say just like 
disown her. (laughs) (laughs) Nip the bad attitude in the bud, but maybe give her a chance to make some of her own decisions with the food and the shopping. Um, Yeah. I mean, unless you don't have the effort in your heart, in which case tell her to suck it up. She could get a job and pay for it if she wants, but it's not a bad thing to let her have some autonomy at this age. Yeah, sure. Also, plan a vacation to the kitschiest, most touristy place you can think of. Oh, yeah. And then she can choose if she wants to come or not. That would be really funny. You gotta gotta let her decide if... I've done that before. I went to... How dedicated uh, she is. I've done that before. I went to Florida with my family, and I refused to go to Disney World the day that they all went. (laughs) Yeah. You are a little shit. I had just gotten my new custom-built bike, so I took it with me. Uh, We, like, had the bike rack on the car. And instead, I, like, biked to the science museum in Miami or whatever, and I did that all day. Okay, actually, that doesn't sound that bad. That sounds like you kind of made a lot of it. Yeah, yeah, it was fun. All right, you want to hear the answer? Sure. Brace yourself. It is pointedly against you. And trying to get her back on track will only prolong this obnoxious phase. She's 16. It's pretty much her job to reject everything you stand for and everything she used to enjoy that was a shared pleasure with you and the rest of the family. I'm only surprised it took her till 16. For lots of kids, this kicks in closer to 14. Don't think for a moment that I am unsympathetic. I am totally sympathetic. That I hate everything you love, I'm cooler and wiser than you phase is my least favorite of all the phases. I would take a tantrum over this meanness any day, but like all phases, it will pass. There's more to the answer, but like, I mean, not that I was like a goody two-shoes who did whatever my parents said, because I think I patently wasn't, but I never went through that sort of phase. I never really took pleasure in upsetting my parents. No, I didn't either, yeah. Except for that time when I told my mom that Indian food was my favorite food. (laughs) That sounds like they're trying to make it, I don't know, like everybody does this. It's like, do they? I don't know. Yeah. I don't know if this will help you keep your sanity while you wait, but try to keep in mind that the reason this is happening is that she's individuating from you, and that it's as essential now as it was when she was an infant and first beginning to understand that she and you were not in fact one person. It would be nice if she could do this without lashing out at you, but that probably feels impossible for her. Still, that doesn't mean you have to take it lying down. My telling you that what she's going through is natural and inevitable doesn't mean you can't or shouldn't tell her when she hurts your feelings. It certainly doesn't mean that you should accede to her wishes about the food you prepare and serve in your home, or where you go out to eat as a family. But don't insist that she join you either. Let her stay home and forage. My advice for how to deal with her when she mocks her taste in music is to casually shrug it off. Really? You think so? To each her own, not to remind her that she used to like it too. This will do you as much good as it does a spurned lover who reminds the person who has just dumped her of the love they used to profess. When she badmouths the vacations you took together, likewise shrug, I had fun, and move on. The less you engage, the faster she'll move through this, and if she comes out the other end as an adult with tastes that are permanently different from yours, well, she isn't you after all. There's no reason to suppose that the two of you will share the same taste, distaste, preferences, and interests. Mm. I think I disagree with that answer. Yeah, I don't really love that answer. I think this is the second time we've kind of disagreed with Karen Feeding. Like you said, who knows how, like, it sounds like she's taking a real attitude of, like, hoity-toity superiority, and who who knows how she's, like, displaying that to other people. Like, you yeah. should try to not raise a little stinker. Yeah, I know. This is one of those things, like, I think someone mentioned that they had an iPhone 14 at a hangout this week, and I was like, holy shit, I'm like, I I didn't know there were that many, like, (laughs) I I was that many behind, and I just can't imagine her at school, like, making fun of a kid for not having, like, 
the newest iPhone or whatever, the fanciest meal for lunch. I, yeah. I think there was that was definitely a point to hit on that. Like, just make sure she's not being a shitty person. Yeah, and also the whole... I, th- I do think, like, it's not bad for a kid to have a unique interest. Like, what's the point of saying that you refuse to engage with them at all about, like, the food thing? Like, you could... Mm-hmm help them within your budget but if it's within your budget like you could help them shop and prepare their own healthy food if they're like oh you're you're only preparing like gross hamburgers every night i want to do a kale Mm -hmm. salad you could help them go buy some kale and create their own vinaigrette or like at least get them in the ingredients that's not like a horrible thing to encourage you know what they have to do right what do they have to do they gotta do the old pizza commercial where like you take someone to a fancy sit-down restaurant and then you give them pizza and then they eat it and you're like hey guess what that's for Pizza Hut, bitch. <laughs> you liked it. You know what? Scratch everything we just said. Yeah, you should just <laughs> prove that their tastes are shitty. Trick them at every possibility. <laughs> Make them un- feel unsure about reality, <laughs> fundamentally. <laughs> like, find some, like, music from the early 2000s that was, like, maybe a little bit ahead of its time, but still went platinum and, like, plays that for them and be like, oh, you like oh, this? exactly. <laughs> like, play them something that's, like, TikTok famous, like, that's been reemerged or whatever, and yeah, they're yeah, like, yeah. oh, that's a really old-sounding cool song. You're like, that's Kate Bush, bitch. <laughs> That's Stranger Things. <laughs> also, I like the idea of you calling your teenage daughter bitch all the time. <laughs> I'm running up that hill. Be like, we're planning a trip to Machu Picchu, but you wouldn't want to go. That's too much of a tourist trap, cunt. Mm. That <laughs> uh, all right, let's get into my column, Paul. I'm bringing in a classic, Ask Amy. Fun guys make trouble foraging fungi. Here we go. This is about some regional delicacies. Dear Amy, I have a group of three friends, we're all male, with whom I enjoy one overnight each month at a cabin in the woods. We take turns cooking. Recently, two of the guys made a spaghetti dinner for us. The next morning, they told us that they had included mushrooms in the sauce that they found behind the woodpile. I was horrified. I have a degree in biology and taught environmental science for over 30 years. Neither of these guys has experience with mycology or taxonomy of fungi nor could they even name the species of mushrooms that they were using. When I expressed my dismay, they were defensive. My wife said they were okay, and eventually turned to taunting. At the next overnight, I questioned what ingredients were included in the meal, realizing the ridiculousness of this endeavor to be safe, and wishing to avoid further further ridicule, I began to bring my own food under the declaration that I prefer to eat later in the evening than they do. Amy, they are still making jokes about it and have never shown any contrition, much less offered an apology. Two questions. Was my reaction unfounded? I can't imagine it was. That's a good way to start and make sure you're, you're open to whatever answer you get. Was my reaction unfounded? I can't imagine that it was. And do you have a suggestion for resolving this through communication? Avoiding Amanita. So off rip, what I have to say about this is I like the implication that your friends are too stupid to do this correctly. Wait, what do you mean that they were too stupid to do it correctly? They admitted that they didn't know what type of mushrooms they were. Yeah, but he asked his wife and she said it was okay. <laughs> that is usually all the proof I need of uh, toxicology of organic also, material. Like, mushrooms are like frogs, you know? Like, if you can tell by the color and look whether or not they're going to be poisonous. Or is not. this one of those things where you're going to say, I don't believe women if I say that that freaks me out? I don't trust women. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Nah, man, this is super freaky. Also, he is acting like a whiny bitch. Like, you lived. Get over it. Yeah. But... <laughs> Um, I don't know. Yeah, that is also crazy that they were that confident that they just... I mean, how much did the sauce really need that extra umami bump? (laughs) Oh my god. 
Yeah, these people need to keep some MSG around the house, like what? <laughs> so yeah, they don't have to forage for random wild mushrooms in their backyard. I mean, having worked at Trader Joe's, I definitely knew people who like dumpster dove, first of all, but then also people who were like urban forager type people. So like, I know the the type of person who likes to do this kind of stuff, and I, I can't imagine being taunted by them for being a little bitch boy. <laughs> also. Uh, I just, like, it seems like he thinks they'll do it again, even if he asks them not to, which, like, what sort of friendship is that? I feel like I could pretty... If you served me wild mushrooms and I was upset about it, I feel like you I You told could, me you didn't appreciate it? Yeah. I, yeah, I feel pretty safe that you wouldn't do it again. He yeah. really does have these friends who are just like, oh, gay. <laughs> Queer over here doesn't want to eat wild mushrooms. Let's put a lot of them in his food. Show him a thing or two about not eating wild mushrooms. Like, why are his friends such jackasses? Yeah, so yeah, there's that kind of type of person, I suppose. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like there's a more fundamental question about how... So wait, are you saying that everyone's annoying in this question? That seems to be what you've rounded up so far. Yeah, I don't know. They just sound like an annoying group of people. I mean, bring in your own food. There's no way they're not going to get you distracted and then put mushrooms in your prepared <laughs> food. Why is your answer to be the lamest dweeb with big cocaine-sized glasses showing up with your, like, mom's sandwich, and you're like, guys, don't take- Yeah, it says, I love you, honey, but it's just like, that's a special note from my mom for me. Well, that's the other thing about it, right? Is, like, the guy said he's been teaching for over 30 years. Like, these are old dudes, right? (laughs) These aren't even, like, 20-year-olds. These are, like, 50, 60-year-olds. He won't trust them to just not put wild mushrooms in his food. Hey, Drew, you like what you're eating? Yeah, man, it's delicious. Oh, you didn't- Oh, I didn't put wild mushrooms in them. I put a little bit of my- (laughs) High five in the other guy. (laughs) Just three old guys who have a monthly cabin in the woods experience? What is this? (laughs) What what type of friendship is this? They have one- (laughs) I didn't even really pick up on that. Every month, they spend one night in the cabin together. He also said I have a group of three friends. So does he mean three friends plus him? Because he, then he says two of the guys. Yeah, I think it's plus him. We're all male, okay. so he's part of those three friends. So I, I imagine it's either two to one, or th- so two of them made the spaghetti dinner with the mushroom. So at least two of them are pro-mushroom. And so if the third person is, and he's getting outnumbered, then that feels like a prime getting bullied situation. But who knows, maybe it's a tie. Maybe it's two-two of people not liking it. Amy, they're still making jokes about it and have never shown any contrition. I love this question. <laughs> this adult being bullied. Have you? I, this reminds me of the other month. Somebody said like it was a uh, it was a thing on Twitter where somebody posted something that went viral that included the phrase "my college bully," and then the, mm. and then obviously a lot of people were like, "You had a fucking bully in college? That is that that's a concept." That is funny. And this is kind of what that reminds me of. Like, why is this? Like, you're too old for this to be the dynamic. What is going on? I don't know. Yeah, I guess in any reasonable friend group, they would apologize for it and you wouldn't be worried about this anymore. I feel like maybe you got to find different cabin friends, I guess. I don't know. (laughs) I mean, how how mad would you be? It seemed like you were more on team. uh, I don't want foraged mushrooms in my pasta sauce. I guess so, but I, I can I tell you my take really quick. Yeah, go. Oh, sorry, have I been uh have I been streamrolling you, Adrian? Have I not given you? No, a no, 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 no. It's just that I thought about this uh, uh, uh right now. I'm more offended than made spaghetti for dinner. I hate spaghetti. 
Yeah, but it is a good thing, like, three dudes who aren't probably great cooks. Mm -hmm. It is, like, an easy, big, uh, big pot meal that they can make. I guess so. One of the things that's completely foreign to me, I don't know if this is for you two, the American practice of making spaghetti by just having the noodles and then pouring pasta sauce over it on the plate. It depends. Sometimes I do that, yeah. Do you do? I've, I've, it's never even been like a thing in my mind where that we you wouldn't in the pot like mix the noodles and the sauce and stuff and make it like a cohesive dish. Um, that's how my mom. That's how my mom always made it. But yeah, interesting, dude. Talking about regional eats, apparently very regional to a region of Lebanon. My mom is from, or not my mom, my grandma's from. Um, they make a type of like Italian inspired pasta where it's like I don't know how to describe it, but it's like completely unliquid pasta sauce where it's like you get it so dry it's like dry pasta is what we call it or like mm. yeah pasta nishve pasta seco um uh, um yeah it's it's such a weird dish it's definitely like it's like it's like a red pasta dish but it's completely dehydrated of any liquid it's like a sun-dried tomato pasta no, because it's not sun-dried tomatoes, but yeah, I guess, like, I don't know. I, it's hard to describe. Mm. Is it good? Yeah, it's really good. I love it. Oh, damn, okay. And it's well. not even, like, a Lebanese dish. It's, like, from the city my grandma was from in Lebanon. That's how they made their Italian-type pasta. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. Oh, back to the spaghetti. Um. Oh, yeah, you were going to say something. I, I was uh, just, I was butting in on you. Uh, set up a situation where you take one of those drugs that stops your heartbeat, and then when they think they've killed you. You're saying do a Romeo and Juliet? Yeah. <laughs> when they think they've killed you, they'll learn their lesson. Mm-hmm. Or, next time they do it, just add a little bit of, like, uh, what is that, Ipecac? Whatever makes you, like, vomit. Oh, yeah, yeah, To the pasta. They're going to be puking all over the place. They're never going to use those mushrooms again. And Is that really what you think he should do? And you'll look so smart because you'll be like, look at me bringing my food because you dumbasses yeah. use foraged mushrooms. ham sandwich. Maybe just bring mushrooms. Be like, y'all don't have to use foraged ones. I've brought store-bought mushrooms. Yeah, but I think more of it is the threat of like, what else could they find around there that's ad- supposedly edible? Mm. You're saying he, he, Are you saying that he should do like a Nathan for you rehearsal type thing where you start planting... Grown vegetables and fruits from the grocery store near their cabins so that they can find them. Yeah, John, look, I found these mushrooms and they have they have uh, cellophane around them. That's how you know they're really right out the earth. Have you ever dealt with this, like an adult thing where you were like, why are you acting like a bully right now? What's going on? Why are you so stupid? But Adrian, you have all these things around food. Like you have diabetes. You're allergic to you're allergic to shrimp and crawfish. Beginning and end of list. <laughs> I don't like tomatoes. <laughs> you don't like tomatoes. How am I supposed to keep this all straight in my head? That's true. Cooking for you is like cooking for I don't know who's a character like Curious George or Amelia Bedelia, but who's a bitch about food? Jason Manzukis. <laughs> it's like cooking for Jason Manzukis. Famously has a lot of food allergies. Also, it's not like. A huge inconvenience to pack a lunch once a month. What, is this is this really like for a retired person? What your biggest problem in the life in your life is? I think it's that he said they still haven't stopped making comments and jokes about it. That's more mm. because they see him show up with his bagged lunch with a little note from his wife that says, "Have a great trip oh, with the friends." Wait, so 
this is like classic like sitcom territory then then you just have to make sure that like at the next event something happens to someone else that becomes the new thing to joke about like there's no way this thing has that much longevity like if they have funnier stuff to talk about that's true but if he's still always bringing his lunches it's always going to come back to that Mm. but you're right Mm. what could he set up that least distract yeah put like a bunch of banana peels around the cabin (laughs) (laughs) i mean he he could do a new thing every month he has a month to work on this and it seems like he has a lot of free time so (laughs) (laughs) shouldn't be too big of a deal oh okay so it must be for people because he said recently two of the guys made a spaghetti dinner for us. So Yeah, that's what I was saying when I was trying to yeah. say like what the dynamics are in terms of him being outnumbered. I thought at first it was three people, two to one against him, and that's a hard situation. Who knows how this other person plays into it. Alright, you wanna read the answer? Yeah, let's hear it. Alright, let's see what Amy has to say. I hope what you describe as taunting was a milder teasing. You certainly have the right to bring your own food to these gatherings, but you aren't being honest about your reason, and eating later doesn't necessarily make sense. And every time you do this, you revive the original issue, which is that you don't trust your friends to offer a safely prepared meal. In my opinion, you should make a choice to trust your friends' food prep, but this would require you to relax about an issue you obviously take extremely seriously. You might flip the issue on its side if you more or less dove into the heart of it and have some t-shirts made for the group. Fun guys, forage, fun guy. Oh my god, I would bully- that. that's when I would be on their side. I would bully that guy even more. Are you <laughs> kidding me? I made t-shirts about it? That's kind of cool. This is the most, like, if you're not embarrassed of it, they'll respect you and think you're cool mom advice of all time. But I think that's what reflects the original weird childish nature of the bullying in the question, <laughs> is that Amy's <laughs> response is like, you just have to befriend your bullies or whatever. Yo, Show them that you're not mad. That's horrible advice. Amy was one step away from being like, you should take your dad into the garage and learn to fight. And then you can beat the shit out of them. Next time you bring your own meal, you have to be the first one to make fun of the fact that you brought your own meal. That way they can't bully you anymore. (laughs) If they bully you for your meal, just tell them that Amy, the advice columnist, thinks it's cool. Yeah, I feel like she didn't touch on the fact that these are all just grown adults. I don't know. I don't know why. In my head, this is definitely also not like, this isn't like four dudes who go hunting. This is like Bill Gates and three of his buds. This is like wealthy Oh, people. these guys are definitely, these guys are definitely hunting humans every time. Right? Like there's something about it where these are just like wealthy people with nothing else to do with their life. And there was human in the spaghetti, but he was really worried about <laughs> the mushrooms. Well, I mean, he knew, he knew where the human came from. Mm-hmm. Oh, you know, why did we say about, like, I feel like this is a very obvious answer to this question. Uh, cancel your friends. Uh, really get into, like, the woke language of, like, how they did something without your consent and uh, how it's basically um, food assault. <laughs> food assault. Is that like when you're having a food fight? No, it's when you uh, need a little bit more flavor, so you add salt. That is a great transition into our third segment because that would definitely be something that Guy Fieri would say, like, there's a real flavor assault in this dish. (laughs) It's true, I've got some choice quotes. I'm being outright attacked and harassed by the use of paprika in this hamburger. (laughs) I am being kill switch engaged by this hummus. (laughs) Uh, Alright, yeah, you want to describe the third segment? Sure, um... So for the third segment, we both took the opportunity to use food media um, 
to learn about each other's cities, and now we're gonna do recommendations for each other on regional eats. Me for you in Sacramento, you for me in Charlotte. There you go. Very well said. You wanna go first? Sure thing. Can you tell me what your sources are? Um, so honestly, I only had one source that wasn't Diners, Drive-Ins, and Dives, and because I went full triple D. And it was a weird YouTube video that started auto-playing after an episode of Diners, Drive-Ins, and Dives. So I'll go ahead and get some of the stuff from that video out of the way. Okay, but from her videos, the things that did look good were Old Sacramento. Oh, tourist trap lame. Oh, what okay. You're not going to get mini donuts at Danny's mini donuts? Okay, I can be convinced. All right, <laughs> let me hear this out. The candy shops look delightful. I know that's hard for you as a diabetic. They are fun. They have um. There's one that has just barrels and barrels of gummy bears separated by flavors. You can make your own mix of however much you want from each flavor. Yeah, I did like that. They all kind of had that aesthetic of just like large containers overflowing as if pirates mm-hmm. couldn't hold all their gold in one uh, treasure chest because they lack depth perception. <laughs> Dude, this is one that Guy Fieri didn't go to, but oh my god, it's like in the like hip sort of stuff. There's a dive bar, or not a dive dive bar, bar. there's a bar called Dive Bar where there's a mermaid swimming in a fish tank. Yeah, of course. And you haven't been and sent me photos? Um, no, I actually haven't been. I've never made it out there, but I know Nicole and Pierce have gone. Oh, dude, that sounds awesome. I think it's kind of known as a bit of a skeezy bar, though. Oh, really? Like, yeah, it's like a place where, like, I think on the subreddit, people are like, you know, watch your drink while you're there. <laughs> and the most overhyped thing I saw, not on Diners, Dives, and Drive-Ins, but on every other list, the type of place where feels like- Tower Cafe? Uh, no. Feels like you'd go out for a fancy brunch, and, like, maybe you'd like it the first time, but after enough times, you'd be like, okay, can we not go here again, please? Is Bacon and Butter. Kind of had that vibe. Looks a little overhyped. It looks like it would have a million hour wait and you'd never actually end up getting to brunch. So I took Dora Lee there and she was asking for her BLT to get an extra side of mayo. And they said, we don't have mayo like plain. We have aioli if you want that. And Dora Lee was like, uh, no, thank you. <laughs> so that was the vibe of that place. I like it. It's pretty good. I took my dad there too. Yeah. It is kind of what you're saying, though. It's a little overpriced, a little overhyped, a little too long of a wait if you go there on a Sunday morning. So all that's pretty true. But it was like down, like right down the street from where I lived. Oh, cool. Yeah. All right, you want me to go? Yeah. All right. So did you just do YouTube clips or what did you do? Uh, uh, I actually downloaded Discovery Plus and did a trial. Oh, I signed up on a trial for Philo, um, which is gave me access to all 42 seasons of <laughs> Diners, Drive-Ins, and Dives. So apparently there was like a really good run for you guys in season 26. Episode 5, 7, and 8 were all in Charlotte, or all had Charlotte representation. I think that's how he does it, because season 11 was a big Sacramento season. Okay, cool, cool. Oh, so you got, like, low-quality guy <laughs> doing stuff. <laughs> well, no, uh, th- that was still, like, fine. Like, it's still, like, okay, it's right. not clips, you know? Um. All right, let's see. So this is the only one that's on YouTube. Uh, the Landmark Diner is where I started my uh, my voyage. Have you been here? I have not been to the Landmark Diner. For a second, I thought it was the Greek family-owned diner that you took me to once, but this is a different Greek family-owned diner with cherry turnovers the size of your head and spanakopita, which I never knew how to pronounce. I always thought it was spanakopita. It involves spanakopita made by the most southern Greek man I have ever heard. <laughs> uh, and from what a uh, guy has to say about it, the dill really makes it. Ooh, okay. 
So Paul, little Greek diner. We got a little bit of everything. They got burgers, but you know, they got those Greek classics. We want those and the desserts look pretty spectacular. To be honest with you, never heard of this place, even though it's like in a relatively like it's in a good location. It's on Central Ave, like mm-hmm. I lived not too far from here. Or lived not too far from here. Alright, I'll add it to the list. I'll go for another one, which I think you have been to, and I think you've specifically told me you did not like this place. Hmm. Heist Brewery. Yeah, not a fan. This was the most recent one. So, really praising the kitchen staff. Bad food, honestly. If you're from Charlotte, you would know that Noda means... North Davidson. Yeah, that was part of the uh, trivia of that segment. So, in the Noda District, Heist Brewery... I literally lived, like, a hundred feet from this place. (laughs) There was... Oh, this is another, like, observation I had where, like, it really mellowed out over the segment, but goddamn, just started off with the most southern people <laughs> you have ever seen talking about this food. What else did I learn about this? He calls out the uh, chef for doing a label turn to camera when he starts adding the beer from the brewery into one of their dishes. <laughs> He's like, do you just do a fucking label turn? <laughs> <laughs> That's charming. Apparently the uh, sliders with goat cheese, arugula, bacon jam, tomato jam on homemade brioche buns are supposed to be very good. Uh, guy also ate the duck confit flatbread with pickled shallots and I've barbecue sauce, fried shallots and chives. Not not anything special. This place is certified dynamite, according to Guy. <laughs> so I don't know what you're saying. Also, I don't know how it's a diner dive or drive-in. It's not any of those. This one's the more, one of the more recent ones. So I think he's running out of those places. <laughs> Uh, this was from a recent season. Um, yeah, I, I think we drove by this place and you specifically said it was overrated. Oh, yeah, not good. Damn. And I'm somebody who likes, like, I'm I'm a pretty generous reviewer, I feel like. I don't know, I like a lot of things. Y'all, uh, go to the pizza chain right next to their Benny Babellos and get yourself a massive pizza. I have a photo of Adrian holding one of their pizzas that says, like, big as oh, his yeah. face. Oh, um, it is a chain. It's not, like, particularly incredible, but it's, like, that's a good, like, you know, like, late night, sort of. It's a good pizza pie. It's a good pizza pie. So, Adrian, I feel like this one will come as not a surprise at all to you. Uh, mm-hmm. It was on season one, and I think for a reason, I think this might be the most, like, popular sort oh, of dive in uh, in Sacramento. We're talking about Squeeze In. Oh, the burger place? Yeah. I've never been. He seems very impressed by the fact that you use an equal amount of cheese to the burger. So it's like mm-hmm. it's like a third uh, a third of a pound of meat in the burger and a third of a pound of cheese. Mm-hmm. The thing about this is that he, the cheese is sprinkled all over and around the burger, and then it kind of becomes so a, cheese like a cheese crisp, skirt. and then that's put onto the burger, so it looks like it has a skirt falling down off of it. Um, some quotes from him eating the burger in this episode is, This is money. When the squeeze gets its rockin', so does Travis. And when oil was popping all over him, wrong day to wear flip-flops, and then the camera panned down to show him wearing flip-flops in the kitchen. That's season one right there, I'll tell you what. That's funny, I've passed by that place multiple times. I'm sure there's multiple locations maybe, but, um, and I've always been like, eh, yeah, just not really what I want to eat right now. I, I feel you. It, it does look like it's good, but it does, I do get the idea that I might always also be like, not the mood, not the vibe right now. Mm-hmm. All right, Paul. Uh, this one looks so much like, what is it, Common Market? Is that what it is? Yeah, yeah. It looked very similar, but this is uh, in the Noda Beer Shop. There is food at Salude, and they're famous you've for been, a chicken. You've been there. What? You've been to Salude Serviceria, and you really liked it. Okay, well, now we're 
we're spoiling the so this is actually now gone this one i was gonna ask you if you like the food and then say well it's gone you can't have it now <laughs> uh this was replaced by uh that oh got you got mm-hmm. you um but their big thing was because there was no actual grill or fryer or hood or anything everything had to be made on like an electric uh induction heat top uh so they had a chicken and waffle where the chicken component was a chicken salad made with chicken from a can <laughs> so that was a guy's real like be it all you know peppering him with a uh, little like ribbings or whatever but it's chicken from a can mixed into a salad uh, on two pieces of waffle with bacon and candied walnuts. Ooh. That was the dish that he sampled there. So remind me, Salud Serviceria. That's the place with the uh, the hip hop artist paintings on the wall, but also the wrestlers, like the Mexican wrestler mural on the wall. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. I know exactly what you're talking about. Okay, yeah. yeah. Oh, that is what that bottle shop looks like. That's why it was so familiar looking. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah. Different bottle that was shop. The guy who, that was the guy who just gave us a lime, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we <laughs> thought they would sell them and they were like, we, we don't sell them, but I'll go in the kitchen and get you one. <laughs> <laughs> what do we need a lime for? <laughs> I don't remember, man. Oh. That's so funny. All right, Adrian. For you, I have Juicy's. Oh, I don't know this one. It... It seems like it's kind of far out, maybe, from Sacramento. I'm not sure. It seems like a very charming diner on the Delta. And my suggestion is you should get the lamb shanks or uh, minestrone. Uh, They look really good. Oh, wait. So you can't go because it burned down in 2021. So sorry about that. What season was this? What kind of diner drive-in or dive has lamb shanks? (laughs) And the the quote from guys this episode that got me was, your grandmother gave you a PhD, a pretty heavy dish. Pretty good. And I was wondering if you got to go before it burned down in 2021. Never went. And if you were there that fateful night. Um, okay, I'll tell you this, Paul. First of all, my whereabouts, I have an alibi. I don't, don't even start on that. <laughs> Second of all, I don't think I've ever gone anywhere and ordered minestrone. <laughs> so I'm not too sad about it. All right, Paul, here we go. This is from that uh, run in season 26. And this has actually had multiple places, but I'll bring them in separately. The Improper Pig. Never been. So apparently Guy has uh, multiple friends in Charlotte and his grandparents are from Charlotte. So he brought someone along with him who was like a country music uh, singer. Not a huge fan of this. This is really one of those like Carolina type thing to do. Um, It's a chow bao taco. So it's smoked pulled Mm. pork. Uh, Quote from uh, Guy on that one. The bark on this is gangster. (laughs) There's another part where the guy is making the slaw for the sandwich. Uh, and guy does the thing where he pretends to take the whole bowl and steal it and eat all of it. <laughs> um, apparently it's very good. They use a massive amount of ginger. This is kind of like an Asian fusion dish. Uh, they also make hoisin homemade, uh, which guy also described as gangster. Um, they have six homemade barbecue sauces. Uh, they do you think do he was trying the- to impress his friend who you said owns the place by peppering in a a v e? No, no, no. This wasn't a guy who owned the place. This was uh, a guy who was just visiting along for that episode. There's another episode in Charlotte where he does that, too. Oh, gotcha. Okay. <laughs> Anyways, they also do uh, a smoked meat sampler with ribs, brisket, sausage, chips, homemade chips, pickles, and pimento cheese. And then the chow bao taco. What I don't like about it is that it's a bao bun with pulled pork and like a slaw on it. It's not a taco. It's just it's just a bao bun. Like, I, I, I don't know why you have to say it's a taco to like get people to understand what it is. But anyways, it looked amazing. And then that like meat sampler also looks great. I will say I'm looking at it now and it looks like it closed down in Charlotte and but un- reopened in Fort Mill. Oh, South Carolina? Yeah. Interesting. So it's still accessible, but not as yeah. close. It's a little bit of a drive. 
Okay, Adrian, this is my number one pick for Ooh. places that he visited while in Sacramento. It looked so good. I don't know if you've been to Jamie's Broadway Grill. No, I have not. I'm assuming that's on Broadway? That's right near where I used to live. Uh, he said there's no sign to it and that there was no sign on the street that the restaurant was on either. So he didn't know what street he was on and the restaurant is signless. Wait, really? Yeah. Sadly- I was a guy going to cooler places than I go to. <laughs> I will say the place is still open, but it seems like the like real creative uh, force behind it, he passed away. He seemed really cool in the episode. The thing that looked really crazy to me was the smoked prime rib. I've never heard of that before. Somebody making a smoked prime rib, but it sounds crazy. The, the description on Google Maps is busy landmark known for smoked prime rib. <laughs> and it's all the way on 5th and X. So that's like, a, that's really far down Broadway. And the seafood looked really good too. So the smoked prime rib and the seafood both looked really good there. Um, Damn, I gotta go there. And the this, food does look amazing on the website. And the quote from this episode was while he was, while the chef was trimming some meat, Guy grabbed the big fat trimming, put it up to his neck, and went, it's meat bling. Um, did we need to describe what diners, drive-ins, and dives is to any audience member? I mean, we're, like, we're literally charting in Cambodia right now. Do you think they know what, <laughs> what this is, Triple D is? Uh, I think they get it. I, I have to You know Guy Fieri, like, international food. I think he was the first winner of uh, America's Next Top Chef or whatever that, like, food uh, network show is. The next Food Network star. That's what it is, yeah. Um, he was the first season winner. He goes around America in a classic car, trying out different diners and stuff. Um, he has a lot of catchphrases. He's a very, uh, whimsical guy. Also, apparently a very nice guy in real life. So that's kind of cool to know. Mm. I think his Hot Ones was really nice, too. Or not really nice, but it was really informative. I like him just being a cool dude. Um, and I really wanted to go to his pop-up that was in Roseville when it was, uh, around where, uh, you can get some Philly cheesesteak egg rolls and stuff like that. So the next one I got for you, Paul, and I can't imagine that you haven't gone to this place. Bang Bang Burger. Yes, I have been. Okay, nice. Well, this is the same episode as the one before. Uh, okay, this is the one where the chef is a New York classically trained chef. That's one thing that I noticed is that some of these aren't native Charlotte people. It's a lot of people coming from New York, apparently. Um, he's got a burger with pimento cheese and fried pickles. Uh, guy and the guest make fun of the chef for saying yummy too much as a descriptor. And they start doing a count. This is where this is the episode where I found out the guy's grandparents are from North Carolina. Uh, he brought along a country singer. Um, the house-made pickles are fried in a tempura batter. Uh, it is a real we want plate style food uh, delivery where it's like all on a wood block, absolutely uh, wood slab. Uh, they go through how to make the maple cranberry cream that comes on one of the burgers with some. Uh, Brie and fried sweet potato balls, which uh, are apparently pretty amazing. Uh, guy, when trying the cream, flat out said, I didn't think it would be good, but it is good. <laughs> um, and then the other thing that I noticed about both burgers is that there's always a kicker. I don't know if it's like a football team or that's like a position that needs to be filled. But in the first burger, it was the fried pickles that were the kicker. And in the second burger, it was the sweet potato fried balls that were the kicker. I don't really get what you mean. What do you mean by kicker? That was his language. Oh, Okay. He was like the kicker in this thing. And I was like, is that just a, a position that needs to be filled in every dish? Oh, do you think that's like one of his theories about making a good burger? Like every good burger needs a kicker. It's like a football team. Yeah. Uh, I do like Bang Bang Burger. One of the things you mentioned, like a pimento cheeseburger, I fundamentally, do, I love pimento cheese. I don't believe in it as a cheese in a... Oh, for a hot sandwich? For a hot sandwich dish or you like... like it cold. 
I've uh, also a place I really like. You kind of mentioned it earlier. Diamonds. It's a diner in Charlotte. They do like a pimento cheese fries thing. And I just don't believe in trying to make pimento cheese melty. It's not a cheese really? that needs to become melty. Uh, it's one of the, in the Southern wig chicken sandwich, they do pimento cheese on it. And I fuck with it. You see, I I don't care for that personally. So I wouldn't get that burger. Like you said, it's a We Want Plates place. Bang Bang Burgers yeah. is a We Want Plates place. They have good meat, good burgers. It is, it is yummy. It's worth going to. They give you the tiniest side of fries you could possibly give a person. Their sides are too tiny. I don't like that. Yes, I wish they would just serve it on a regular plate. I don't yeah. care for this wooden slab. There's something about pimento cheese that just puts a smile on my face because immediately I went to DePrado's and the wig, which if Guy ever went to Colombia, I'm sure he did a couple of times, those would have been like the places to go to. Famously, he went to, uh, what's that place on in Five Points? He went to like, oh, Polly's front, front Porch. Front porch. I did eat fried pickles there once with Justin and they made me sick. <laughs> I think they were wild foraged pickles. I meant to bring in this story at one point, but the restaurant that I love, RIP 116 that Phil used to work at, I remember once him introducing me to the kitchen staff there and my comment was, those are like the exact type of people I don't want touching my food. <laughs> there was a lot of that with some of the places where they were like, go into the kitchen with the chef and I'd be like, I don't want that guy like man, getting his grubby little mitts in my uh, food. Okay, so Paul, my next recommendation for you, Poppy Quesos. Poppy Quesos. Have you been there? Yes. Overpriced. What kind of what kind of person do you think would own a place called Poppy Quesos? <laughs> I'm not sure to be honest with you. Because <laughs> this is a grilled cheese place owned and operated by Brian Stocko. <laughs> <laughs> uh, which, you know, Spanish people are white. He did not even look Spanish. <laughs> I don't know how I feel about him taking on the Papi Queso moniker. Can I ask but... you a question? When he went to it, was it still only a food truck? Because they do have a physical location now in Optimus. They got a hall. brick and mortar? Uh, it's not brick and mortar. They have a location in a food hall. Oh, okay, cool. He is. Uh, he tried the Pig Mac, pulled pork mac and cheese with a bourbon caramelized onion spread and espresso barbecue sauce. I will say, that guy's getting a perfect golden brown on every single one of those sandwiches. They, they do look nice. Um... Guy's comment, this dish is a platinum album, and I can hear that playing on the fla- the Flavor Town station. <laughs> he's so beautiful with the language. Yeah, dude, he's a bar god. <laughs> Honestly, there were a couple of times where I was like, damn. Uh, someone said it's the best food truck in Charlotte. Ooh, not true. Not true at all. The mushrooms on the mushroom gruyere are gangster, according to uh, a <laughs> guy. Um, and he calls it a, be- a vegetarian beef wellington. Um, in its flavor profile. Poppy cases, not bad. I'm not, I don't want any smoke with poppy cases. I do get it sometimes. Um, definitely not the best food truck in Charlotte and a little overpriced for what it is. I kind of feel that way about grilled cheese oftentimes. There's a, a pretty popular grilled cheese food truck in Colombia that I feel kind of the same way about. Like, it's not even that bad, but like $10 for a grilled cheese. It's like, come on. I think this is up above $10. This is like a like $12, $13, $14 sort of situation. It seems like he's putting a lot of work in those dishes, though. I was watching him make it. <laughs> Fair enough. And I was like, ooh, damn, papi got flair. <laughs> that is how you talk. <laughs> uh, anything else? No, that's it for that one. Okay, next up we got Dad's Kitchen, and specifically, uh, the, have you been here? No, yeah. Uh, Dad's Burger. Wait, so the only one that I've gone to so far has been Bacon and Butter, right? Yeah, but that wasn't even Diners, Dives, and Drive-In. That was like the other videos. 
Oh, okay. Damn, yeah. Interesting. So you haven't been to Juicy's, Jamie's, or Golden Bear? Nope. Um, is it my turn? Or did, did you finish that? Or All right, Paul, I know that you have gone to this place. JJ's Red Hots. I have been to JJ's Red Hots. All right. So this is the same episode as before. Uh, this is the episode where Guy says, you know, when you think of Charlotte, you think of barbecue. But Charlotte is a big hitter town. Quote from Guy. And so you got to have more than that. Homemade Austrian sausage with Emmentaler cheese. This is one of the bars that Guy had when he was making the sausage. He was like, you know, do the voodoo that you do. That's <laughs> what he said. Um, it comes with a side of onion rings. It's got sauerkraut, pickled red onions, hot blonde mustard. Um, for this one, the kicker is the char from the grill. So that's what the kicker is in this one. Um, another one where the chef is from Buffalo, New York. And I think both chefs had a thing where they were like, from New York, and then specifically got certain ingredients shipped from New York because they were really partial to them. And then the chili on the chili cheese coney is, uh, according to Guy, dynamite. Dynamite. Mm-hmm. So, Paul, what do you think of this place? Yeah, it's good hot dogs. I don't know. If, like, it's just, to me, if I was showing somebody around Charlotte, I wouldn't even, JJ's would not come to mind at all, to be honest mm-hmm. with you, at the place you have to stop. More like, that's more like a date spot, right? <laughs> Yeah, JJ's is like a white tablecloth, like, you know, somebody comes by. That's like where you go after, like, high school graduation. Yeah, yeah, that sort of thing. Yeah, I don't know. It's it's, it's good, but it's not, um, it's not like, there's even better diners and stuff. Like, there's better, like... Mm. Better hot dogs, though? Can I ask, is this like a once a month type thing, or like a once a year type thing? I've only, been, only been once. once. Yeah. Okay, gotcha. Who'd you go with? Uh, they, uh, before... Because you didn't take me? Before a football game. Uh... They have a, yeah. they, I don't know if it's open anymore, but they used to have an uptown location. Okay, Adrian, do you ever get out to Winters, California? Yeah, of course. Is this uh, a Poudre Creek Cafe? Yeah, okay, so you've been uh, to Poudre Creek Mul- Cafe. Multiple times, many times, I love that place. Uh, I, this one made That's me- actually, Marshall's parents came to visit, and my suggestion for their Sunday was like, drive out to Winters and go to Poudre Creek Cafe. This was my number two pick after nice. after Jamie's Broadway Grill. And it kind of made me sad because the uh, the Chopino couldn't have it, but it looked kind of like the best thing to me was the... Uh, I've never heard of this dish before, Chopino, but uh, mm-hmm. I guess it's like a seafood boil of some the Italian sort. seafood stew, yeah. Yeah, and it looked really good, man. Um, yeah. Everything looked awesome. The biscuits and gravy looked legit for a West Coast place. Mm-hmm. I was like, damn, that actually looks like good biscuits and gravy. I'm a little bit yeah. shocked because I've heard you say that they can't make that out there, so... And yeah, uh, my only other note was to apologize for your allergies because it did look like that uh, Chipino was out of out of control, man. It looked so good. This is another one where I've taken my sister there for sure. I've been on a date there before. I once had a weird thing when I went to Stebbins Cold Canyon, did a hike, was right behind this married couple the entire time. And like we ca- kept kind of like bumping into each other. And then later we both went to Poudre Creek Cafe for brunch after the hike. And they were like, hey, great minds. And I was like, why are you guys still around me? <laughs> This I didn't a- plan to. Sp- I didn't want to spend my entire day with y'all. <laughs> um, yeah, I love that place, dude. That place is great. Cool. I'm glad that my visual instincts met the reality of it actually being tasty. Yeah, I want to say I took Phil there. I think I definitely took Justin there. Like, yeah, that's like a. I, I guess the opposite of what you're saying about um JJ's Red Hots. Like that is like a place where if someone's in Davis, you're like, oh, that's that's where I should take you. Okay. Cool. Um, so we're still in season 22, but we're up, or no, this is four seasons back from the other ones. This is season 22, episode 10, devoted to Charlotte, called Racing Through Charlotte. 
where Guy does the whole episode with a NASCAR driver named Clint, who's famous for NASCAR driving. Um, so here we go. We got the Penguin Diner, who uh, the chef or owner for it opened up Pinky's West Side Grill. And so that's who features on this um, list. Uh, there's a Volkswagen on the roof because it used to be a Volkswagen-specific uh, car garage uh, and mechanic shop. Um, they do a triple cheeseburger with chili on top, and they do the famous corn dog shrimp. That is supposed to be very good. Um, as well as an Asian pork burger. And then in a go-karting place, there's the Pit Road and Bar Grill. Uh, they make a steak sandwich with a fig jam and blue cheese. According to Guy, it's money. No, no, wait, it's the NASCAR driver who says that it's money. Um, and then he ended off that episode with Tin Kitchen, a uh, another uh, food truck in Charlotte. That apparently make a very good buffalo cauliflower, a buffalo cauliflower slider with celery root slaw and blue cheese. And then the other big hitter that he made for Guy and the NASCAR Guy was, was a Chana Masala taco with apricot and date couscous and goat cheese. That sounds really good. I've never been to Tin to Tin Kitchen. I have been to Pinky's. Um, I was going to uh, say... Tin, tin felt to me like it was one of those cult following type places. Oh, okay. I got to make my way The people there. who seemed to really big fans of it seem to be really big fans of it. Okay. I'll definitely go there. Pinkies is really good. Uh, I'll say, I think it's one of three places that was created from the destruction of penguins. It was, um. But they were splendid like Horcruxes? Diamond. <laughs> Diamond, uh, Diamond's Diner and Crazy oh, Fish. Oh, I didn't know Diamond was, uh. Yeah. From that. Okay, cool. Yeah. I think Crazy Fish was also on, uh, Triple D. I just didn't get to that episode because they were. Did I tell you this in the beginning? I think it's because, like, he has those roots in Charlotte, but there were 19 different places at least. Oh, like, I'm doing every single Sacramento appearance. Oh, no, yeah. If I had done all the Charlotte appearances, we'd be doing another 10. Oh, that's crazy. Yeah. Um. Okay, so for you, I have my number three pick. So if you're keeping track, Jamie's Broadway Grill, number two, or number one pick. Uh, number two pick was Puta Creek Cafe. My number three pick. Don't don't say it like you're saying a curse word in Spanish. It's just Puta Creek. Puta Creek. You're just go, you're going really hard on the puta. <laughs> puta. <laughs> <laughs> number three is cafe role um looks never been kitschy it, it is closed sadly uh shut down in 2020 uh it looks and kitschy. it's your number three pick what a what a way to <laughs> what way to do me greasy <laughs> hey, the other two are open and you've been to one of them it looks kitschy and delightful um it kind of reminds me of amelie's and charlotte and that it's just like this french kitschy all over sort of atmosphere if the chef there was outed as having faked his French identity and accent and personality for marketing, I wouldn't be surprised. He's the only personality on the show that I've seen that's louder than Guy somehow. He uh, oh, damn. he walks around uh, the kitchen and around the dining room being like, Voila, monsieur, on de toi. Bon appetit. Okay. He does Here's like, the thing, hand though. motions. I have met French people in real life. Sometimes they really are like that, though. <laughs> He's one of those French people. He is so... He is a cartoon character of a French man. I also forgot to say this in the last one, but Pinkies is the one I was thinking about when I was like, yeah, that's exactly the kind of person I don't want touching my food. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure it's great, but... Uh, but this is like supposed to be like countryside French food, not like a hoity-toity uh, fancy like ratatouille. food. Yeah. Ham and cheese sandwiches. So wait, where, where in Sacramento is this? I'd have to look it up. I, 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 I didn't check where everything was. Can, can, can you spell it for me? Uh, R-O-L-L-E, Cafe Role. It was on H Street. This one, I will say more than for the food, it looked 
just like a charming, fun place to go with the kitschy atmosphere, the fact that it was at a strip mall, but bothered to decorate as if it had like vines coming up the columns. There was something fun about it. The tables having a design of like a bunch of French monuments and uh, tourist destinations on the tables. It was all just fun. All right. Well, that's sad. The nature of the restaurant industry, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Paul, are you ready for your last one? Yes, sir. This time we're taking it back all the way to season one. And I guess you said season 11, they figured stuff out. Season one, potato quality. <laughs> <laughs> we're, in, we're in that era of uh, Triple D. Barbecue King. This is a drive-in barbecue spot, family-owned since 1959, over 50 years of making barbecue with the family. Uh, at one point during the segment, he's pointing out everybody and saying, like, uncle, cousin, niece, nephew, work in the register, whatever. Um, it's North Carolina. They're making vinegar-based barbecue sauce with a secret recipe, secret seasonings. They do uh, pulled pork shoulder with that sauce. That's supposed to be absolutely delicious. Um and they also do barbecue dipped fried chicken. So they fry chicken, make it crispy, and then just straight up dunk it in their barbecue sauce and serve it to you. According to Guy, it is out of bounds and off the hook. Uh, the menu is almost completely unchanged since 1959, barring a few additions to the menu. I have not been here. I pass it all the time. It's on the road to the airport. I always think that place looks deceivingly charming. I bet it's not as good as it looks. It looks too charming to be good. So mm-hmm. maybe I need mm-hmm. to get over my my idea that everything is a trick of marketing. Yeah, you're sounding a little bit like the uh, daughter from the first column. Yeah, I need to stop assuming that I'm being tricked by marketing, and it is actually just a great little drive-in, apparently. That's all I got for you. That's Charlotte, baby. All right. So this one... It's a little hard to describe. I was on- now. Wait, can I can I say really quick about the barbecue place? Yeah. Now, if they were to make a mustard-based sauce, I'm sure it'd probably be better. Yeah, I but- mean, I would have stopped there if they, you know, mentioned this next place. I was of two minds about it because I don't know if I necessarily loved everything about it, but I did put it as number four. McDonald's. Um, <laughs> no, guy did not go to McDonald's in Sacramento, Adrian. That would be stupid. Because <laughs> there's a pretty good one. There's a pretty good one on L Street. The, he mentioned that this place opened a couple blocks from his restaurant, Tex Wasabi's. He got in a little bit of marketing uh, mm. while showing up at Gatsby's Diner. Um, Never been. I'm surprised. Can I say really quick? I didn't think, I, I assumed Pancake Circus would be on here and Tower Cafe. I'm kind of surprised by those. Neither are on there. Um, Can we do snubs and flubs after this? <laughs> uh, the beat sliders, as someone who likes beats, both didn't sound like a good idea or honestly look good. When they came out. They, what, did, what, did the, what did the customers have to say? But people seem to like them. And it's the type of thing where I could see the odd flavors working better in practice than in description. Okay. The chef did seem competent while making them. So I did trust his. He wasn't like Mr. Bean, like clearly just like first day on the job. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. But the meatloaf and mashed potatoes looked great on camera. Um, mm. And so I'd recommend you get those and maybe go with somebody and if the, like, you, I don't know how, like, the beat sliders are something that piqued my curiosity, but boy, they looked odd. Oh, and this place is also closed. Oh, really? I didn't know that. I'm sorry, buddy. Permanently closed. And I did like that the chef sat in the center of the restaurant and cooked on four grills surrounding him. Wait, what? Yeah. They did, like, a Swedish model, like, floor plan? <laughs> he, 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 he sat in the restaurant and cooked on grills, and that was charming to me. 
That's kind of cool. That's like kind of like uh, I, I told you about that restaurant I went to with uh, the lab mates, right? And then and my roommate, uh, Butterscotch Dan, where you cook your own meal. Oh no! It's like a throwback to like the fifties or something, where like they make freezer martinis, and then you get your food. It's cooked to like a safe level, but then you go finish it on a grill that's communal. Oh, yeah, yeah. interesting. Um, cool. All right. Well, I feel like I have a lot of places to check out that are closed. <laughs> I gave you one really good recommendation. You really need to check out Jamie's on Broadway, yeah. man. That is, I mean, I know exactly where that is. I'm definitely gonna go check it out. Yeah, Jamie's Broadway Grill. I need a review. What about next you? Episode. Did you learn anything? Did you Did you really get anything out of this? There's, yeah, I learned that I need to try Barbecue King. Um, the first place, Landmark Diner. I'm not sure. What do you think? Should I go to Landmark Diner? I love a good Spanakopita. Okay, I'll check out Landmark Diner. That and Barbecue. King were the two that stood out to me. What else was there? All right. I'm expecting weekend media roundup. Okay. Um, I don't know. I was deleting them as I was going through. Um, oh, Tin Roof uh, Kitchen. Oh, that was the one I was most excited to try. The uh... No, Tin. Oh, you want that buffalo no, no, cauliflower no. You said the Tin Kitchen because Tin Roof is just a bar. That's right. That's in Columbia. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah. That's a chain. Kitchen. They're all over. We have one in Charlotte what? too. Yeah. What? <laughs> Let's make me so sad. <laughs> tin Kitchen. I want to try Tin Kitchen a lot too. Man, shout out to good food. God, I love food, man. I fucking love food, dude. Big fact, man. You gotta eat. You might as well do it good. Get yourself some good eating. Mm-mm-mm. And my no cap, if you ever invite me to go try a new, supposed to be really good restaurant, I'm never gonna not just be Willie Jack. Let's go dance. <laughs> 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 No way.